Welcome to the LifePurpose.com podcast. The number one podcast in the entire cosmos for empowering and inspiring you to live your life's purpose. My name is Hema Allman. And I'm Gabriel Sarah. And today's episode is about treating your life's purpose as holy work. What a privilege to be alive at this time. What a privilege to have a human incarnation at this time. And let's not take ourselves too seriously. It's just a game, a beautiful, intelligent game. Not taking any moment for granted. This place here is perfect. This place here is the most beautiful place that we can have at this now moment. And with this gratitude, and with this attitude of gratitude, we are expanding the now moment of perfection. And then it becomes greater, and then it becomes bigger. But you never grow your garden by focusing on what doesn't grow. We expand in love, and we expand in gratitude and in appreciation. Because everything is, what's the word, an extension of us. And when you truly realize that, you have mastered a big part of this game. This home is an extension of us. So when we expand in love, in gratitude and in appreciation, this home will then soon be outgrown. And then it will be replaced by a bigger, more expanded version, which is just an extension of us. Lifepurpose.com is an extension of us. Our money is an extension of us. And how we treat everything outside of us is how we treat ourselves. How great is it that we chose this way of being of service at this time to others in their own ascension? We are assisting in the ascension of humanity with LifePurpose.com to rise to their divine purpose. And that's going to require them to ascend from fear, from shame, from guilt to a higher purpose of free expression, of certainty, of purpose effortlessly fulfilled. Remember the uh, vibrational scale on top like somewhere all the way up there as purpose fulfilled effortlessly. How do we get, how can we share our message according, accordingly for people to rise to that level just by hearing our voice, just by hearing our messages? Hey, by the way, I know you're listening to this podcast because you know you have a big purpose, but you may need support fulfilling what you came here to do. That's why we invite you to join the LifePurpose.com support community. Just click on the link in the description 
or go to lifepurpose.com to check it out. And now back to the episode. That is the holy work to nourish our life and our garden. We can nourish the garden in a rushing way, in a miserable way, in a complaining way. Or we can nourish and water and take care of our garden with the most beautiful attitude. Because our attitude will manifest in the fruits of our garden. I'm going to say that again. Our attitude will manifest in the fruits of our garden. If our attitude is bad, it will manifest in bad fruits. If our attitude is rich, abundant, joyful, it will manifest in rich, abundant, and joyful fruit. It's that simple. It is all in our hands. We can either complain or we can flip it around and change the script once again. That is the way of the feminine energy, of getting back into balance with the feminine energy. There are so many mentalities in people's minds and in their consciousness about work, work ethic, creation, and money, and a lot of it is just so discordant. But what if from their perspective, it is the way for them? What if from their perspective, even though they may grunt and moan, they may feel like they are achieving something and they may feel like their labor is valuable. Like, for example, even though you may hear from me, me sighing very heavily or complaining that I'm tired, from my perspective, I don't observe it that same way that you do. I observe it as I am building my muscles. I am building my mental strength and my mental resilience and my mental endurance and my grit and my determination. And by continuously doing something as a habit, I do not allow my feelings to, to disrupt me from doing the habit that I need to do. So for example, I may not want to wake up in the middle of the night to take a trade, but if that trade signal comes around once every couple of weeks, I need to do that. I may not want to wake up at four, but there is a significant advantage that I am seeing over and over and over and over again between waking up at four and waking up at six or five, even just a one or two hour difference. I may not want to lift weights, but when I do, I can feel the difference in my body. I feel the difference afterwards. There's a sense of accomplishment. But prior to, I may say, man, I, I don't want to do this. And the mind can say, oh, I don't feel like doing this, right? Well, who's in control? This is also coming down to creator power, I think as well, which is also, in my opinion, assisting the feminine power. Because if you, if you just allow yourself to live, okay, look at you, for example, you said, you said this several times before you met me, you would talk about wanting to do things, but not actually follow through on some of these things that you would want to do. Some of them. Some of them. Because of the know-how. What do you mean? Let's say creating an online business. I would have no idea how to do that. And you were a perfect piece of the puzzle to that as one example. Okay, so there's no how, but getting back to what I was saying about feeling, you know, you've had many times before where you would feel like 
eating something. You would feel like training your body, exercising. But what happens when you have to do it consistently? What happens when you have to practice consistently? What happens when you have to have team meetings, business meetings for your company consistently? It's, it's one thing to say to be inspired for a month or two on a company idea. And it's a completely different story to continue on with it when you're getting very little traction. Yeah. When you may not have the, as you've said, the know-how. How do you go from not knowing to taking massive action, finding the answers, implementing, executing, and growing and building on your purpose? Well, that takes a level of determination. That takes a level of grit. That takes a level of commitment, commitment, action. And for, for me, at least, that is what I call sometimes or I find to be the hard work. It's, it's doing the things that you don't want to do and overcoming that challenge in your mind to do it. I agree with you 100%. But then there is the point of, are you going to complain about it? Are you going to have a negative attitude while you do it and bitch and moan and huff and puff? Or can you feel the resistance internally? Can you feel and acknowledge that you don't necessarily want to do this, but you're still going to do it because you know it's part of the holy work to nourish your garden and be at peace with it and just Go over that resistance, do it anyway, because you know it is a long-term investment and you just show up as an investor, taking care of your garden, taking care of your projects. And that may require you to not always consciously love it, but can you find the love in it? And my entire life growing up, I have seen my biological father and his attitude towards work. And it was always a very discordant thing. And he would make it known and he would make it hurt to everyone around him that he does not enjoy what he's doing. He built this beautiful home. He raised a great family. But every time we saw him physically work on something around the house or in school, that was just constant complaining every single day and constantly moaning and complaining and cursing during the act of doing something and what does that do what does that do to the to the things that you're taking care of what does that do to the people around you who live with you that's my point my 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 point is that there is a way of harmonious manifestation there is a way of harmonious divine creation let me give you an example my sister she She's now almost 24 years. She has never really worked a job, but she has been financially, she has been doing so well financially by leveraging her gift as a singer, her talent with her voice and with her playing musical instruments. And she is manifesting her own abundance in a very harmonious, blissful way. And there were times where some of the relatives were really jealous about her. Even her own father and her own brother were like jealous and not being happy for her 
because in their mind it is, oh, I have to work a bad job that I'm not happy with, making less than my sis, my youngest sister is making. And for her, it's so easy. It's so harmonious. She has a lot of joy, a lot of fun doing it. And I have to work my freaking ass off. And then they complain about that. They complain about someone else's abundance and them having joy and fun creating that, that, that abundance. And that was the same with me. An example, when I started, I was giving cosmetic workshops, creating your own organic cosmetics. And I had the same thing with my own brother and part, parts of the people in my relative circle talking bad behind my back because I would charge money for that. And they have to, I knew that it was jealousy. I knew that they were envious because I was doing something creative that I found very harmonious, that I found very enjoying. But a lot of those people who were working a nine to five job, who were not making ends meet, those were the ones that were gossiping behind my back and not understanding how it is possible to make more money working much less and actually enjoying it. And that is my that is my point here. There are two ways of creation. There are two ways of manifestation. There are two ways of creating abundance in your life. Abundance is not just money. It is a feeling from within. And that brings me back to doing what you love and money will follow. I've seen that many times. It's just about being creative enough to bring the money aspect into your life. You can now at this stage where we are as a collective with the internet, with all the ways of social media, you can create your own income, doing what you love, doing what gives you a sense of harmonious enjoyment. And for my sister, it's playing her guitar, using her angelic voice and being such a beacon of light for people who get married to hear her sing. And she deserves to get a freaking abundance for that. You know, because she is with that, she's nourishing her own gift. She's nourishing and developing her own talent that God gave her. And in return, God provides her with the resources that she needs in abundance. And God is applauding her because she went down the path of using her talent that she got from God instead of going against what she got from God and being resentful. Again, going back to what you're seeing from me, you are saying from your perception, from your state of consciousness as the observer observing me, you are saying, you were telling me yesterday that my attitude seems very repellent, that I'm not having a good time, that I'm, my energy is, as you would say, discordant. And you're seeing me and it looks like I'm tired, it looks like I'm drained. That is true from my perspective as well. I'm tired, but it's not for the reasons that you think. If I had to, if all I had to do for my life was trade and I didn't have financial concern, this would be the, this would be a breeze. If I had all the time in the world and everything like this, but as I've told you before, you know, it's a very different psychology for me when we have bills to pay, we have we have to pay for the cacao company. We have to we have to feed that. 
We have to then feed the monthly bills for Vibrational Life and LifePurpose.com. Where's the money going to come from? And then we also have to do, and we have to um, pay for cost of living. We have to pay for electricity. We have to pay the phone bill. We have to, so these things add up. And then on top of that, to know that there was this trading, this trader that, again, my opinion, we should not, there should never have been a follow-up communication with this guy. He completely ditched us on purpose for that, for that last call. Why are we reaching out to him? That there's, I can see definitely, that's for maybe for another episode, but uh, I definitely see the pattern between you and your mom and working with men in particular and like they don't treat you well, but you still go to them. You still like gravitate towards them. I'm seeing that pattern very, very clearly, but maybe we could talk about that later. Mm. Either way, like you treat me well. But I know that sometimes you're not happy around me, and that gets me gets me sad. I think it's because sometimes you're not happy with yourself, and I pick up on that, and I mirror that. Well, I know what happiness is for me. I know that there's a lot of people that say happiness is now, and you're never going to be happy enough when you get there. I disagree. I completely, 100% disagree. No one is my guru. No one is my master. I am my own guru. I am my own master. I call the shots. I make the terms. This is my reality. And in my reality, I know that I want to get to a place in my life where I figured it out and I'm doing the best that I can with with my businesses, or with our businesses, with our companies, with what we're working on, with trading and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I want to it's not, it's not that difficult to make me happy. It really is not. I just got to give me a skill where I'm good enough at it, where I can make a decent income. How difficult is this? It's not difficult. It's very simple. It brings me back down to what we were calling in at the beginning of the year, which is about living the divine way and living in effortless simplicity. Yes. And it is now very obvious for the both of us, what is effortless simplicity, what feels like effortless simplicity, and what feels like discord. Yes, but you are projecting an idea that I am projecting discord because I'm day trading, and that's not the truth. I had the voice that told me, especially when you told me about the trader and the trading service, and that he almost blew out our account. I got, and I, it's great that you, again, I'm still not done talking about this topic because this has been a trauma that I've had to process. You're you're putting someone that has been in poverty in Brooklyn, New York City for for 17 years of their life. You take them on this complete journey, this wild ride, ever since, and you I'm talking about like God, right? God put me here, Brooklyn, New York City, with this crazy this group of relatives in this crazy environment where there was a whole bunch of poverty consciousness you're trying to take you're trying to transplant me and now put me in in a very rich environment how do you think that that is going to sit with someone that all they knew was this way it's the same thing like with you if you were to go to the hood if you were to go to like you said the like we went to the projects 
you wouldn't want to go back there. And one time experience, you would not want to go back there. You would not want to go to Marcy Projects. No, now it's about rooting in to our own environment. And so what I'm saying with this is with the trading person, you know, I understand that for the last year I was complaining about this because we spent thousands of dollars to learn the system. To then, for them to not answer our last email was highly disrespectful. We reached out to them several times. A year later, then you finally reached out to them about their trading service, and then they respond. And then on top of that, to give them our money that we could have used to pay for our bills, to pay for hosting, to pay for for podcast service. Well, yeah, that was the plan. The plan was to grow that so that we can pay we could, for that. Why didn't we not just go to the bots? And so what I'm saying with this is you may be seeing me. You may be seeing me projecting discord. I am coming from the place of it's on my shoulders. It's my responsibility right because there's part of me that maybe feels guilty that i i address this person and then that could have been the reason why they sabotaged this account you you should see the the history of of the account it went up because he, he did grow it like in a week almost double he grew it he grew it he grew it and then like a couple of days after boom all the way down like what kind of professional trader does that that's not a professional trader and we shouldn't, and the, 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 the money should be taken out and the API should be disconnected. But be that as it may, that's a lot for me to process. That creates financial stress on me because it could have just been put into what already was working. Not to put... Yeah, but then we also agree that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I understand. It's still the same basket. It's still trading. It's still cryptocurrency market. It's still the same thing. But it's another tool. So for me, it is another basket. But that's another... Either which, I have to finish my point. My point is, you're saying that you see this Discord for me. Okay, that's fine. That's your perception. My place is, I'm under stress. I'm under significant stress. How are we going to replace that money that is now lost because someone wants to gamble away our money because they... I, I don't know how... I don't know what to say about this person. I do not want, I do not know what to say about this person. So after, at first, I felt really stupid. I felt like a loser when you told me that this person, this trader grew our account in a week. But then to find out that they were not being exactly truthful when we paid thousands of dollars to learn their trading system and they're not being truthful about how they're actually doing it. And they couldn't even answer that for us. Uh, schedule that last call so we could I could clarify these questions that I had so I could I could show all the screenshots all the trades that I've been taking in the last two years to verify to figure out what is that person doing that I should be doing that I need to be doing and to find out that they're not exactly honest about that and they're using a different settings and they're using different things it was vindicating for me yes but at the same time to then know that now they're they're blowing out our account, our money that we could have used for equipment, we could use for food, we could use for bills, cost of living, is very frustrating. We could have at least made this money last us for uh, for the rest of this year. That would have been the best case scenario. But now we don't have that, and now I'm in a situation where because I feel that guilt, because I felt the guilt of expressing myself honestly and authentically, 
now I'm paying the price for this. So now I have to figure this out. And once that happened, the voice tells me, hey, look at this. You missed this. I look, boom, key. And ever since then, I have been able to take day trades and win those day trades. But in saying that, I am tired. I am needing more rest. I am feeling drained because it does feel like I'm going from one thing to the other to the other because I have to now adapt to this because we need to pay bills. We need to make money. And I see an opportunity now of day trading that I did not see before until you shared what you shared with me. And now for me, it's on. And you're perceiving my labor as discordant because you may say you're huffing, you're puffing, you're complaining, but I see this as I have to do this and this has to get done no matter what. So it is a matter of perception. Maybe it's you expressing your purpose in a very feminine energy way. And then maybe it's me expressing my purpose and what I have to do in a very masculine way, in a very assert my will over the outer world way. And maybe it's also like your reality growing up. Like how, how did you see or experience things growing up versus how I saw and experienced things growing up? You know, for you, maybe it was like you always had food to eat. I didn't always have food to eat. Maybe you always had a place to sleep. I didn't always have a place to sleep. Some days it was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to have a bed to sleep at. I don't know what bullshit is going to happen today, but I'm preparing for bullshit to happen today. That's my reality. And, you know, we already talked about this. No, here's what that was. That was. That was. Well, that, sorry. And however, though, however, seeing and expressing all of this, regardless, you are, you still have a great point in that it is the attitude behind it, right? I, at this stage right now, I, it would be very, I would be lying to myself if I was smiling all the time. And if I was saying, yes, I'm looking forward to this day, I would be absolutely lying to myself. I would be lying to myself if you asked me, how are you, Gabriel? And I told you I was feeling great. I would be absolutely lying. Unless you want me to lie, that's fine. I can do that. I can always do that. No problem. But if I'm being honest with myself, if I'm being authentic with myself, this is how I feel. And I'm also expressing this because when it comes back down to your sister and her gifts, you know, it's fantastic that she is in her zone of genius. Did it ever occur to you that the people that complain about your sister being in her zone of genius, yes, it may be because they're jealous, but because also that they want to do that too in their way. I don't think anyone, when they're a kid, is like, hey, I want to go and work an administrative job and sit in an office for eight hours a day for the next 30, 40 years of my life. Yeah! <laughs> and they're excited about that. I don't know anyone that would do that. I don't know. You would have to really like introduce them to me and we have to then interview them and dissect their psychology. <laughs> but I couldn't tell you anyone that would want to do that. And I am quite certain that even your relatives, they probably wish, man, I wish I had something like that, like how your sister has. 
and I wish that I could do that thing that she does, but in my way, for my purpose. I'm bringing this up as well because when it comes to our listeners and what they may be experiencing, they may be experiencing jealousy. They may be in a state where their attitude is like they're complaining, but they're doing the best that they can to get through life. I could not say I have the answer as to how to change and get a positive mental attitude. That is going to have to be something from you if you have the, the answer. But I also remember very clearly, I also remember very clearly there was the time when you were day trading. How, your attitude was not much better than mine. And that's the thing. At some point, you stopped. We, we had said, okay, this clearly is not going to work. The, the, the mental and your feeling and everything is not going to work. You got you to gotta focus on being happy and healthy. So clearly, it wasn't your zone. It wasn't your place to be in. But I've stuck with this. And yeah, I may have those moments where, you know, you may hear me huff and puff and you may perceive me as getting frustrated, but I am in this game until I get what I need from this. I am in this game for the long term. I am in this. And at this stage, it's like, this is my purpose. I have to do this. I have to transcend this money topic. I have to elevate myself to the level where it is effortless. It is easy to print money on command, to click a button and then to receive significant amounts of money, significant amounts of money. And I am getting there and it is becoming very effortless. It is becoming very effortless, but I had to rewire myself. It's not always where I can be like you and I can say, I love this, right? Sometimes I had to really think that for myself. Now it's at a place where it is more, not just neutral, but enjoyable, you know, where there's like a, a piece to updating my charts and doing that holy work that we're talking about. But that takes a commitment. And it's not just when you feel like it. It's also a commitment to your attitude. I acknowledge that. I hear that. Like, would you hire a gardener with a bad attitude who swears while he is watering your plants? Does he get the job done? Well, does he, does he trim the garden? Which one would you take? Would you take the gardener who sings while they're watering our garden and who speaks to the plants? Or would you take and hire the gardener who complains and moans and curses while watering our plants? Okay, well, to answer that, I have to ask now this question. Does the gardener who curses and swears grows the garden? And does the gardener who sings and dances in the garden not grow the garden and maintain the garden? They both do the equal job, but you don't know yet the end result of the fruits. You don't know yet. You don't see the quote-unquote end result of the garden. Well, do I have to interact with the gardener? No, but let's say he swears and curses so loud that everyone hears him. That's not my problem. Well, for me, clearly, I would hire the one who sings and dances and has a good time with the garden. Well, I mean, let's look at it this way. Let's look at it this way. Let's, no, no, no. Stop. Pause right there. Let's look at it this way because I'm going to challenge you on that because I think that is not true. You hire this cleaning lady that has been blowing us off several times, but she may do a good job cleaning, but she is canceling 
these appointments to come and we're expecting that person to come, but you still hire them, but you have put up with that for some time actually. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go through the process again of finding someone new. But let me give you another example. This is a true story. Years ago, my mom, she has a big garden in her backyard. She grows her own fruits and her own vegetables. And her neighbors were asking her, Regina, how the heck, why are your fruits and your vegetables growing so abundantly? And in my garden, nothing is growing. Even though I am following um, the routine of taking care of the garden, of giving it the right soil, of watering it um, whenever I need to water it, but nothing grows. You know what Regina's answer was? She said, try communicating with your garden and give it love. The neighbor was laughing, thinking that she's making a joke. But in actuality, that was her secret key for her garden to blossom and to bloom versus the neighbor not having any fruits and any vegetables. Again, I think this is the difference between how you grew up and how I grew up. And I am doing the best that I can to take out those programs, to remove those things. There's a lot of things that I'm doing at this stage in my life that are that is foreign to me, that is... Maybe it's just a complete rewire of my psychology and it takes, well, again, you know, you also have to, you know, don't throw the baby out the bathwater and don't criticize me just like too soon just yet because, criticize you. It, well, you were because you said my energy was escorting. So it is like you're criticizing how I'm doing things. You know, if you think about that. That's how you take it. I'm just observing and I'm, I'm, I'm just stating what I observe. But you said yesterday clearly that your energy is repelling, Gabriel, and at the same time, that's good that you do that. You be honest with yourself. Be honest and be like own it. Own it, what you're saying. Own what you're saying. Because I've also told you yesterday too. There have been times in the past where you would emit this like a very similar energy too, which was very cold, which was very distant, and it was very repulsive. I own that. I say that honestly. Right. So it is that cold energy. That energy that, that that doesn't have any presence, that doesn't have any love, which is repellent. Can we agree? Yes, we can. But my question to you is, in those moments, is that how you want it to be? Or is that how you were honestly and authentically feeling in those moments? Second. Yeah, it's like this was our time of releasing a lot of build-up, a lot of build-up trauma, a lot of build-up okay. energy. Okay, but yes or no? In those moments where you were feeling this way, where you were feeling tired, where you were feeling like you needed to be alone, where you were feeling like you didn't want to talk to anyone, what were you doing? How was your energy? You weren't, you weren't necessarily smiling all the time. You weren't laughing and making jokes even when you didn't feel good. So let's be honest with this. And then also at the same time too, too, when we did computer work, in those moments where I've observed you, you were in the state where it was not the easiest thing for you to be in a state of harmony. And I even recall the times where you were doing computer work and you were doing trading. You get so frustrated. You would be like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. We got it. Da -da -da -da. And so like, yeah, I totally agree with you because I've seen it from your side as well. We've seen it from each other, you know, this complaining attitude. And I 
for sure, a hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree with you that if we can be in the state of enjoying every single minute and and growing our garden by singing and praising and dancing and having a good time, doing our holy work, living our purpose with a smile, that's obviously the much for me at least that would be the best way to do it right to have absolute fun and to just really like have a blast and enjoy the day but what i'm saying is that hey look sometimes there are those times this is what i'm saying sometimes there are those times where yeah you may feel discordant you may not feel like your best you may not want to do the activity that you're going to do but you still got to do it anyway Otherwise, it's not going to get done. And that's the attitude that I'm coming from. I'm coming from the attitude of like, yeah, of course, there's some days where it's like, I'm I'm tired. I wake up at four. I got to have all this whole checklist of things to do every single day. I get tired. I'm honest with myself about this. But does that mean I'm going to quit? No. Does that mean I'm going to stop what I'm doing? No. Because I know for the long term, this is what I want to do. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. When I was 17, 18, I've been wanting to learn how to trade. I remember, what, and I told you when I was like 22, 23, I opened up an account with a brokerage. I think it was E-Trade at the time. And their commission was like $7 or something like that to enter a trade into seven, another $7. So like exit a trade, something ridiculous. Like a lot of money, you know, compared to trading cryptos. And I only had like $50 or something like that at the time that I could afford to doing the trading or something. And I lost that money in one trade and I was devastated. I felt stupid. I felt, you know, and it was very intimidating. I didn't know about candlesticks and, you know, how do I detect the trend and all these other things. But at some point, you know, yeah, I got back to it. Think a big part thanks to you because you had that confidence, because that was your gift, because that was your skill to empower others that was a huge part of it but what i'm saying is that there are times where and there are days where i don't want to do it but i have to do it it has to get done so i'm sure that there's always a balance point i'm sure that if anyone could work a nine-to-five job and be happy they would do that if if that was something that was in their heart to do if that was their purpose if they truly believed that that was their purpose I, even for people that are living their purpose or that have taken that first step to live their purpose, there may be people that are going and experiencing their purpose in the way that I experience it, where you're tired, you have all this stuff to do, you have all these responsibilities, you have all these checklists of things to do, and you're tired. And you may not want to do it, but you know you have to do it. Of course, the proper, like the best attitude would be like you're having a great time, you're, you're doing it. This is when we went to Tony Robbins. Business mastery, remember? Do you remember that part about getting into state? I remember when they had these little uh, groups throughout the business mastery. One of the people that was uh, leading the group, she said something about like, you know, how many times do you as a business owner, as a leader, do not want to do something? You know, my hand went up, right? And, but you know, you have to do it anyway, right? So how do you get into state? Maybe... The positive mental attitude thing is just getting into state and it's just practicing that vibration until it feels authentic to you. But right now it doesn't feel authentic. But I also know too that it would put down the energy if I continue to complain. Yes. So I recognize the shift has to happen. 
I recognize a change has to be made for sure for myself, for my well-being, for my longevity. I believe in in order to find enjoyment in your daily tasks and sometimes mundane things about your purpose is to always have the bigger picture in mind and to always know why you are doing it. For example, with Mama, it is my routine now every evening to sit with her, to lay with her and to cuddle her and to be close to her and to rub her belly and to sing night songs for her. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, now I have another task that I choose to be committed to. You see? You said, now you have another, wow, now I have another task. Yeah, so I could I could say, oh man, another thing on my to-do list. That is one way. And that is, for me, is the discordant way. But now, the holy way, the holy way of seeing this now is, mama is a puppy, and I know what mama is going to do. And I know that by me committing to nourishing her and showering her with love every single evening, that's going to that's gonna build up so much momentum. And I see the bigger picture. I see what me doing these things, these acts of love to her, I see the vastness of these little actions and how they're going to build up over the long term and how it's going to affect her in such a positive way when she's grown and when she's older. And I know and I'm very aware of how she is going to continue pouring out that same love that I give to her, maybe even on a bigger level. So mama, in a sense, is part of my garden where I could say, oh man, now i got to attend to her, another thing on my to-do list, and have a lot of resentment, resentment towards it. Or I can be in the awareness of mama is part of my garden. She is part of my, of my life, and she's, part of, she's an extension of me. So I choose to be present with her. So I choose to shower her with as much presence and love that I can hold because I know that is the fuel. That is the fuel for life. That is the fuel to grow anything in your life, whether it's personal relationships or it's money. Is that attitude of being present, that attitude of um, care and love for the things that you have. It starts with little things like the shoes that you wear or the clothes that you have. They require love and care in order for them to hold a certain amount of time. Like we only buy now at this stage very high quality pieces of clothes because we want them to last maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years. So what do we do? We take a lot of love and care for our clothes. And we do the same, we apply the same thing to everything else. We apply the same thing to our dog, to our puppy, to our relationship with each other, to all our projects. And in the big term is it's our garden. Our garden is just a symbol for every area of our life. How do we sustain and grow every area of our lives in the most beautiful way so that every area of our life can be as fruitful as possible, as abundant as possible, as happy as possible, simple by attending to our garden with as much care and love as we can. 
because everything grows from love and everything dies and everything shrinks with the absence of love. Well, this gets back down to the the message that I received from the mushrooms, uh, the cacao ceremony back in November of 2022, which was to pour forth great love. And from my place of consciousness, I've been doing the best that I can to pour forth great love. For me, my definition of pouring forth great love is to be consistent with what I'm doing. So building on what you had just said, which is absolutely brilliant, by the way, that's a, that's something that I am choosing to take with me. I, I do think of this, and I'm, we have articulated this before, the act of giving the dog love every single night is going to make her feel safe long term. And I've also seen how it affects her on our walks. She's much more brave. She's she's approaching. She's socializing. And that's fantastic. And that's something that you do. She's way more open. She's way more open. But like I, just like you had said in the beginning, when I had asked you if you can please give her that love that night so that she can feel safe, what did you say? You said, oh, it feels like another responsibility. It feels like another thing. But then you shifted. You said yourself that you shifted. My attitude. Your attitude towards it. So that's the key right there. It is the shift in the attitude. I remember, I don't know where I saw it or heard it or read it, but it was something about like when humans take on new responsibilities and new things, it's like there's a there's like a like a curve where the 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 stress level for a human can rise up exponentially if they have new a certain amount of new activities and new things that they have to do and it can easily lead to feeling overwhelmed and stressed and i've noticed this for myself too like if i put just one new thing it's fine but if i put uh like one new activity into my day fine but if i put three or four it's like oh i have to figure out how how am i going to do this and this is this is what it's about been, the balance it's this is what's been going through in my head in my head for the last couple of weeks is like oh how am i going to manage this you know like even before we got the dog i was like i was like panicking a little bit because i was like okay well what am i going to feed the dog can she really eat the the this type of food okay oh what am i going to do and then there was that first couple of weeks where it was like, oh, I feel like I got to just, I got to be Superman, you know, because there was new things that I wasn't used to and it required a shift. But the thing is that when the human can maintain that activity for a sustained amount of time, instead of feeling stressed and overwhelmed, it becomes normal. It becomes the new normal. And that's what I'm saying. You, because you find your balance after a while. You get your, you get into balance with it. That's right. That's exactly right. And so now the dog, even the dog, in the first couple of days, like the very first day she came here, what happened? She she pooped on our couch. She peed on the floor, right? She marked her territory. She marked her territory several times in here. <laughs> but now, it and then at the, at the time as well, she couldn't be in her crate for more than five minutes without freaking out now it's fine now it's okay she's cool she's she's okay now because she adapted to it she adapted to the stress when we first were record like 
researching, when I was first researching the equipment that we needed for the podcast to keep our setup uh, as simple as possible. And then we started to incorporate cacao ceremonies three times a week. I felt that same stress response. I felt like, oh, this is another thing that I have to do. But now it's at the stage where it's like, okay, this is part of my day. I look forward to this. I look forward to this. And now we're here. Now we're communicating. Now we're having this podcast. It's fine. And it's the same thing with all the other activities. I think we have to give ourselves the opportunity to express how we are feeling in that moment, but to not dwell there. That I think is key. For example, you with, especially that, I remember very distinctly that time when you were taking Cambo and we had like the five day Cambo cleanse where we're taking it every single day. Very intense. Of course, I understand. But after, like, you were just like angry. Your energy was so repellent and so repulsive. It was just like I had to get away from you, you know, while you were going through whatever you were going through, you know. It was just a very hostile energy. I understand that. I put someone on a combo cleanse detox and expecting them to be all butterflies and rainbows. It's not going to be easy, right? Exactly. Put someone under the routine that I do every single day and it's gonna it it can affect them, you know. You take you go in my shoes and you do what I do for two three weeks, and let's see how you feel about that, right? And so I'm saying this because, you know, with the attitude, with the purpose, with the holy work. Today's episode, the theme of today's episode, doing the holy work, embracing the holy work, embracing consistency. Embracing the holy work to sustain your life purpose. Embracing holy work to sustain your life purpose, right? To manage all aspects of your purpose. It takes a degree of effort. It takes a degree of action. It takes a degree of consistency. And embracing the stress. Yes, but some people, some people deal with stress in different ways like what would you rather have me do would you rather have me lie and like suck it up and suppress and then one day explode or would you have me rather have me huff and puff and be like god damn it i'm tired i gotta do this i gotta do that i gotta do that you know the answer yeah exactly and it's also i believe that is the key to growing everything in life it's about embracing the initial fear and stress and then finding your balance on that level and then building on that, and you do something new, you add something else to your life. You may experience again the certain level of stress, but then you find your balance. But it that's how you grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's how you expand, right? That's how you expand in your consciousness, in your soul, but also the life outside of you. That's how you grow and expand financially, and that's how some people, Tony Robbins, for example, that's how he co-owns 52 businesses, so where, let's think about where did he start? He started with one thing. He mastered that and then he expanded to another level. He may have experienced stress trying to figure it out, figuring it out. Then he found the balance on that level and then he built like a pyramid on top, on top, on top, on top, where now he's 62 or whatever the case is. And he, I think his net worth is almost worth a billion dollars. And he has a lot of businesses that he co-owns or has equity in all over the world. And 
I believe that is the key for you to really grow and expand in your purpose, in your mission, to embrace the resistance, to embrace new things, to embrace, as you say, the stress, and then find the balance with that. The Navy SEALs, I remember, it's either David Goggins or it was like um, SEAL Fit, which is like a, like a specialized mock once training program for civilians. Either way, the ethos that I remember hearing is like about the activity of doing hard work or doing things that you don't want to do is to embrace the suck. And that's what it is sometimes for me. Sometimes it just feels like I'm in the suck. And it doesn't feel good, but like I was saying yesterday with the video with the neuroscientist and what we talked about yesterday in today's episode, it's it's finding a way to find pleasure in the suck. It's like it's like tricking yourself to be like, man, I love this. I love this discomfort. I love this being in uncomfortable because it's pushing me to another level. It's another form of stoicism, I think. If I really do break that down and I think about that, and it's learning how to be very comfortable with going the extra mile. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, some people will look at others and judge them for, for what they call as, oh my God, you're overworking. Like you're so obsessed with this. You're so obsessed with that. But from our perspective, like, hey, look, this is what we have been living, eating, breathing, sleeping for the last years. This has been it. It's been all about our purpose and 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 contributing our purpose to the to the masses, right? And this is how it's manifested in the form of LifePurpose.com. This is this is what it's all led up to. This is what the show has led up to. But in that process, there was a lot of suck moments. In that process, there was a lot of ayahuasca. In that process, there was a bogan. In that process, there was a lot of crying. In that process, there was a lot of screaming, yelling, frustration. That was the suck. That was the discomfort. That was the uncomfortable moments that you and I both had to go through individually and together. But it's not like we rejected and say, oh, I'm not going to do this because it's whatever. It was the moments of, okay, we have to do this because we have to get through this. We have to heal these topics. We have to look at these shadows. And that's how we level up. And that's how we level up. Exactly. And so, you know, you're, you're looking at me in these last few days and from my perspective, it's like, okay, you're judging me or you're criticizing like, oh, you're doing things in a discordant way. Well, what if I'm doing things in a way that this is the best way that I can do from my state of consciousness? You know, however, I agree with you 100% that we can always do things with as much love in our heart and as much of that under like that higher state of consciousness, like where is this going to lead to it? And that's what I, that's why I keep going. Obviously, most people, if you think about the trading, most people will quit in a few months, maybe a year or two. We've seen it. We've already seen it, right? Because it is difficult. But I'm here continuing to do this every single day as a, as a part of my habit, as a part of my ritual, as a part of who I am, as a part of my life, because I know what the long term is. LifePurpose.com, there may be days where it's like I'm tired and I need a nap and I don't want to necessarily speak, but I continue going. Why? Because I know where this is going to lead to one year from now, two years from now, five years, ten years from now. That requires a lot of faith into the future and into the path that you're on. And we're all in. I'm all in. I'm here. 
I'm saying that I'm here, I'm all in. But does that mean that I'm always going to be happy or lucky and I'm always going to be like, I'm going to do this with a smile on my face and a song in my heart? No, that's not me. That's never been me. You know, I am going to show up to do the work because I have made that commitment. But it's, it's for me, from my perspective, from my state of consciousness, it's not the easiest thing to, to, to always be happy. I believe that is perhaps the biggest trait of a true visionary and of a true pioneer is when your vision that you see in your mind's eye that you have in your heart is, is just so much more powerful than what you may see and perceive with your senses. And that's, that's a great thing that you brought up because that is exactly how I look at it. I keep the vision here all the time. I know where this is going and no matter how I feel like it, I still have to do it. And I believe that's how a lot of great beings on this planet have done it. You know, Albert Einstein or Nikola Tesla, the pioneers of um, the past who manifested great changes, they brought it from the invisible into the visible. And they were, they were in it for years, for decades. And like you said, but that requires what? Belief, faith, positive mental attitude, consistency. And a vision that is divine. Vision and effort, right? I get it. Like, moving forward, that's something I'm going to work more diligently on, I'm going to be more mindful of, is, you know, moving through my day and having the most pleasurable experiences with any activity in my day. But it takes time. It takes time to adjust and to become that version of ourselves. Find it. No, embody it. Yeah, find it, embrace it, and focus on that. Awaken it. It's already there. It's what always been there. When you focus on expands. I think the other day you heard me napping, and I woke up to an alert or something, and I was like, oh. Yeah. 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 And it was obvious that... I mean, that's also the importance of having your own personal room, space. Your own getaway. Yeah, your own retreat where, you know, this is where you can go to recharge and there is no noise, no one's going to bother you. And, I mean, being here now, living all together, it can sometimes maybe feel all over the place. And But we have to make the best of it. Of course, and we are. I, I, I think so. You know, what I like to still... How, like do things of course but i just need the energy for this yeah and I, I would like to go to the lake for sure i'd like to take the dog to the lake but she cannot make the walk and i would like to get a cargo trailer but that cargo trailer costs a few hundred euros and i would like to be more at the lake and then i could take the laptop and if i need to trade i can trade from the laptop no problem but that's gonna have to wait for now and I believe that it may be way too hot for you. Like the way I've seen you react to the sun. Yeah. I don't think you're going to make it during so, the day at the lake. So maybe it's better that I just hang out here for now. You know, it's, but I would like to do things differently. Of course, I would like to have more fun moments. Sure. I think anyone would. Maybe that's part of the holy work. You have to make it fun. How do you make this fun? How do you make those moments where it seems like you're not making progress or you're not gaining traction, how do you make that as enjoyable as the times where you are making traction, where you are having 
great results, where you are seeing the fruits of your labor manifest. You see, that's what I'm saying. That's the initial, that's the initial part, I think, of everyone's journey because everyone starts off with a bare garden and they've got to plant those seeds and water those seeds and have enough faith that those seeds are going to grow. How is it that someone has enough faith that a bamboo tree or plant is going to grow when it takes five years for it to fully develop itself underground? How does someone have that level of faith and knowing and knowledge if they've never had experience growing that bamboo tree? How do you maintain that positive attitude? Same thing for building this company. Same thing for trading. You know, obviously now I'm seeing the results, which is fantastic. I am seeing progress, which is, thank God. But from the time that I started till now, there was a lot of dark moments. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of, oh man, like, like does how does, does this work this way? Does this work this way? Testing, freaking constant testing, constant back testing, constant everything. Recording the trade, screenshotting, doing all that work. It gets tiring, but it's worth it. You are right, though. What we feed into these things now will bear the fruit of what we fed into it. So if we feed the dog love now, if we feed her the best food now, she'll grow up and be as strong and healthy and loving as possible. Whereas if you abandon the dog or you beat them and you hurt them, they're going to eventually become afraid or very aggressive. We don't want that, right? So we want to pour forth unconditional love into the dog. We want to pour forth unconditional love into the into lifepurpose.com. Which is also why we're sharing so much of ourselves and we're being vulnerable and we're expressing our truth. The attitude though, I think, just like you were saying, the attitude and holding the vision with the right attitude is what's going to be the deciding factor. So I ask you then, Hema, can you recall times in your life where you just started something and you had no idea what the outcome would be, but because you held a positive mental attitude, it all worked out? Can you share any specific experiences that have come to you? Yeah. Me being abroad and traveling by myself, me bringing my meditations into schools for small children. But for me, I was never really oriented on an outcome. For me, it was about the vision. Okay, go to this country. I'm being called to this place. Okay, I'm going to go. There is no outcome. The vision is you go there. It's calling me. The vision is bring the meditation into schools. There is no outcome. I grew up with a parent telling me because they did not want to go to school, I didn't want to share things to go on autopilot. And I was constantly told this, going on autopilot. Going on autopilot was basically not being in the present moment. <laughs> Sometimes being in the present moment is too intense for me. And so I have a tendency to be sometimes on autopilot. I sometimes, when I say autopilot, I happen to be focused on the vision. I think about the vision or I think about you know, at this stage now, affirmations and having the most positive voice in my head. So as I'm going through things that I don't want to go through, 
I tell myself, okay, you can do this. You can like get through this. How has it been for you? Can you be fully present with everything that you're doing and enjoy every activity and every part of your day? And this is something that I am consciously training myself at this stage and it's getting better and better. What are you doing to train yourself? Um, I focus on my breath while I am doing something and that allows me to not get lost in mental chatter and I constantly would just focus my energy and my focus on being in my body instead of you know getting lost in the mental realms or mental chatter so I would focus on my breath to center myself and to bring myself back into the here and now that helps and another very important part of being present and finding enjoyment in every moment as much as possible is by slowing down. I had to slow down a lot because me too, I was running on this program of rushing through my day and rushing from one activity to the other activity without ever being present. And that does not feel enjoyable at all. So what helped me a lot is making conscious breaks throughout my day. So I would wake up, I go through my morning routine, and let's say I have five different things that I have planned for a day. I would make sure that every time I finish with one activity, I have a break. I have a break where I just sit, I pause, I breathe, and I just do nothing. And I come back to the present moment and that allows me to then go on to the next activity being very fresh and clear in my mind and being very present as well i have to say this because i've observed this and i'm guilty of this too but we both do not wake up every single day at the same time that we wake up at i do my best to wake up as early as i can and i know that you do too but there are those days where you know maybe you're because you're sensitive to energy you may be really tired you allow yourself to sleep and get that extra rest i don't i force myself to get up i force myself to do these things and that leaves me very tired and when i'm very tired i notice that i can be grumpy or uh irritable maybe you're having too much force in your life maybe maybe you're not having enough force in your life and we're just balancing each other out i don't, I don't know maybe Another question for you. Are you enjoying the journey that is your life? Up to this point, have you enjoyed the journey that is your life? Yes. For a majority, yeah. There is a saying, forget who who said it, but someone said that it's not the journey, it's not the destination, it's the journey. It's not the destination, it's the journey. So therefore it's to say that it's not about the outcome, it's about the process of getting there. At this stage, I don't know if I agree with that. What do you think about this? I think about us being in Australia and renting that camper van and being on our journey to Ayers Rock, to Uluru, and traveling for three days through the desert. That was a journey. And that's pretty much 80% of what I remember. It's 20% of the destination Uluru itself, which I remember, but 80% was the journey to get there. Okay, you're right. You're, you're right. That was one of the best times of my life. That was a, for sure, a highlight moment. 
Yeah. Okay, so... And ultimately, the outcome, the outcome is a very relative term. Like, do you have, do you have written outcomes for every area of your life? Like, what is the outcome of our life? What is the outcome of lifepurpose.com? What is the outcome of our relationship? I don't know. I believe that this is in God's hands, that this is in the hands of a higher divine intelligence orchestrating all of this. And we're just here being participants in the unfoldment because ultimately there is no final outcome because it's ever evolving. It's ever growing. I look at it as, and the phrase that comes up into my head is that all things come to an end. So at some point, our lives are going to come to an end. At some point, if you, if you talk about outcome, right? At some point, outcome-wise, we're going to die, right? We're going to, our consciousness, our soul is going to leave our physical body, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but even that is not the final outcome. We're here for this reality, for this embodiment that we're in. That is the final outcome. You know, you had begun the today's ceremony with the when you were speaking your intention, you were saying, thank you, God, for having us here on this planet called Earth, somewhere in the cosmos, somewhere in the universe, somewhere in this galaxy, having cacao with each other, somewhere in a country called Austria, somewhere in a city called Klagenfurt. And we're here. We're doing this. Do you little two people out of eight billion people on this planet, out of how many billions of beings all over the trillions of beings, who knows? In the universe. Well, yeah. If you if you um, in if you include the animals and nature, then it's trillions of beings because everything is a consciousness. And you include, you know, extraterrestrials from you know beings from other planets. Everything has a consciousness. Everything, right? So if we think about this in this regard, our outcome in this body is we die. This flower that we have here on this yoga mat as we are talking and doing our podcast will die. That is its outcome. The journey is the course of its existence, right? So then if we talk about our purpose, the journey of someone's purpose, because the outcome of someone's purpose is the end. At some point, will it reach its finale? You know, like every every cartoon show every show even the game of thrones at some point it had to come to an end you can continue the story on forever if you really wanted to but at some point it's going to end right so at some point our time here is going to end and there's going to be another part of the story that's why we want to make every moment count and be as present as we can be you know exactly and so okay now we're getting there and so when i because everything is going to come to an end, that is the outcome. Only the sausage, it has two ends. <laughs> what? Just a random joke. <laughs> okay. That was a German a German joke, but I, I just needed to say it in English. That is a very... Corky. Well, how do you say it? A corky joke? That is a corny joke. Corny, not corky. <laughs> how do you really want to look at it? Okay, the sausage has two ends. Okay, I'm gonna quickly tell you the German version of this joke. Alles kommt zu einem Ende. Alles hat ein Ende. Nur die Wurst hat zwei. Wow, okay, that makes sense. Do you get it? I wouldn't say that's a joke, but that's like... That's like... <laughs> Everything has an end, only the sausage has two. Right. Everything has an end, only the sausage has two. 
I don't think that's how you said it at the beginning, though. But either way, if you think about the purpose, someone's purpose, lifepurpose.com, at some point, we're going to be done with this. Perhaps someone else takes over. But at some point, we're going to be done with this. You and I, yes. At, at some point. point. Yeah. At some point, right? We At some point, we, we need to let it go. At some point. It's the same thing here. At some point, mama's going to go. At some point, I'm going to go. At some point, you're going to go. You know, we may continue on in another form, but at some point, we're going to go. And, you know, this this comes back down to, like, making it count. And I do the best that I can to make it count from where I am, but I can also see what you're saying about, like, make it count, but from a, from a place of being happy and being, like, enjoying yourself. You know, I come from making it count from a place of force and, like, drudging through it maybe that's a mind control conditioning or something like that but i also agree like okay maybe we can make it count by being happy and enjoying every stage of the journey how what are the odds of you finding me on youtube what are the odds of you communicating with me and me actually responding back to you what are the odds of you coming over to me to the states what are the odds of us going on the journey that we went on what are the odds of us acquiring the website what are the odds of working with the trader that we worked with what are the odds of me now finally getting to the freaking stage of being uh a trading where i have envisioned myself to be where i'm winning trades more regularly so don't you see how he did serve us i do but I also see like the frustration and the maybe because it's a growth pain, maybe because it was something that was like unusual for me, that it's like you have to grow through it. And there's like maybe there's pain with that. Yes, bingo. And that is a very that is a very important point. When you go through your journey, it's not always the happy rainbow butterfly moments that make your story count it is many times in the birthing pain of frustration sorrow sadness anger and you go through that and you come out on the other side where you notice wow i just leveled up so much mm -hmm. and that brings me back to uh, what i had mentioned in the very beginning it's about helping humanity ascend to living a life of divine purpose. And that that may look like going through some growth pains. That may look and may feel like so uncomfortable at times. But because you're transcending. You you're gonna be you're gonna be life is gonna put you through birthing pains and it's gonna require you perhaps I can't speak for everyone, but I mean for us definitely and for definitely other people it's about going through the fire of transmutation and going to a higher level, moving from fear to faith, moving from anger and frustration to trust and certainty and um, inner peace that always requires some form of transmutation. And that transmutation can feel at times very uncomfortable, but it's in, it's in these birthing moments where you come out on the other side and you will look back and you will notice, wow, I, I just ascended to a whole new level. Perfect example is 
when I was finishing high school, I graduated in 2006. And at that time, it was about getting the college degree, getting the job, working the nine to five and get you a good paying job so that you can get yourself some benefits. And by the time that I finished college, that whole idea was collapsing. Mm -hmm. And in the last 14 years, it has changed significantly where we're back in the era of the entrepreneur. It was only, I think, the Industrial Revolution that in introduced this idea of working for someone else. But before that, like, how did we make ends meet? You know what I mean? How did our ancestors do it? They probably had to take care of themselves, right? There was no, hey, can I work for you and you pay me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if we think about that, that's a growing pain. That's a growth pain for a lot of people. What exactly? It's, it's, when we come back to purpose, what you were just saying, the growth pain was, it's probably easier to work for someone else versus to find the thing that you're passionate about and to build a company around this or to, to build purpose around this. Obviously, most often in this world, that's what it's going to be called, right? If you want to be a musician, if you want to be whatever, you're building a brand. Let's just call this what this is in terms of the business business world terms and marketing terms. You're building a brand. Hema Almond is a brand. LifePurpose.com is a brand. And with that, we need to understand how to generate a source of income so that Hema Almond the person that is working in the brand, working on the brand, working on the business, can sustain the business, can sustain themselves. And it's going to be the same thing too for your sister. It's going to be the same thing too for anyone that's living their purpose. But there's that growth pain. Embracing that growth pain, embracing that holy work is, is synonymous with what was happening in, in that recession back in around 2010. When I was graduating from school, there was that growth pain of, oh, the reality of the world is not you can work a job nine to five, get paid well, and then retire and set off into the sunset. The new reality is you are now going to be basically having to build your own brand, build some type of a presence online, and probably have multiple sources of income do multiple things so it's not like you just can just focus on one thing you got to really like be a be you know go to the next level be very talented in, in in maybe one or two or three fields and that requires growth that's a growth pain it also requires you to tap into the full spectrum of your creativity exactly like you just giving an example you have you have a perfect skill now in drawing as you have reclaimed that skill that gift after 20 years but you also have an incredible skill of building uh, businesses and business concepts and you also have an incredible skill now which you're learning about the financial crypto markets so what can you do by fully unleashing your creative potential maybe that's that's ne the next part of it right and when you say it that way Okay, well then how do you embrace, how does one embrace that work then that they have to do when it becomes tedious, when it becomes laborious, when it becomes like the same thing over and over again, you know, because this, this is the holy work for me, basically, it is 
doing the same thing over and over, watering my garden constantly. I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm watering my garden. You know, it depends on how you want to look at it. I see it as I am watering my garden. I am taking care of the dog. I'm doing my best to take care of you. You know, we're going for the evening walks, the, the Desha walks. We're, we're talking, we're communicating, we're, we're sharing so, so much of our lives together. How do we embrace this? How do you psychologically, at this stage of your existence, you on your purpose, how do you embrace the holy work that you get to do, that you have to do? How do you embrace that holy work? It is all about shifting my mindset. And um, for me, it was about letting go of learned behaviors and patterns from my environment, from teachers, from parents, of what they were doing. And many, many people that I grew up with, they associated work with discord. And for me, it was about letting these patterns and these programs and these learned behaviors go because they do not serve me. They do not serve me to where I choose to go and where I choose to be. And for me, it's all about treating my life as sacred and treating everything and everyone in my life as sacred. That is the way. That is my way. That is the way that I choose. And that is the way of the most bountiful labor and fruit. So I made a conscious choice to treat everything that I do, but not just everything that I do. It's with every conversation. It's with every meal that I prepare, every meal that I eat, every content that we speak on, every piece of content. It's not just about the doing, it's also about the being. Treat everything as sacred and reap and get excited for the harvest when you treat everything as sacred. And you asked me, your question was, can you repeat your question exactly? You said, how do you, how do you treat? How do you embrace? The how do you, how do you embrace your holy work? How do you embrace your holy work? So giving you a short answer, how I embrace my holy work is all about my attitude and being aware that this is my holy work and I'm going to treat it with the utmost respect and I'm going to treat it with as much presence and love in my heart that I can hold. Are you having fun doing your holy work? Not always, but it's getting more. It's the same. I wouldn't say fun. I wouldn't say necessarily fun, but I find in a majority of the things where I used to feel discord because I had to shift my mindset, as I was saying earlier from, oh, another thing on my list to now, no, this is me feeding my garden. This is me attending to my garden and nourishing it and, and nurturing it. Um, I, I feel a sense of inner peace now. I wouldn't say fun, but it's a sense of inner peace. Okay. And what did that, that took some time for you to adjust, did it not? Yes. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I remember when you had mentioned, you were questioning, why are we doing all these team meetings? Why are we doing the daily sprint stand-ups? Why are we doing the level 10 meetings? And you had a problem with that, correct? Yeah. But then what happened? Exactly. I, I had a resistance towards it because it felt like more things on my plate, more things to do. And I was running on a, on a program. As I was saying, I was, it was a learned behavior to treat everything related to work and creation with resentment because that's what I observed from a lot of people in my environment. 
they would dread their job they would dread their uh what what they were doing for a living and it what they were doing for a living was always associated with hard work with discord with complaining and moaning and i subconsciously picked up on some of these patterns and i consciously had to acknowledge that and let it go and replace it with new patterns new behaviors that were coming from a higher source how did you get from feeling discord with for example these meetings to inner peace was it a matter of time was it perception shift exactly both both it was a matter of time it was a matter of me maturing internally and externally and just growing up you know just just growing up and coming to the realization that no everything that we're doing it's not an extra load of work and you just have to change your perception hammer you just have to change your mindset and knowing that everything that we are doing is perfect because it's supporting the growth of the garden of the garden it's supporting it's a tool for our garden to grow beautifully and that's all it is there is no discord in that right so when you hear someone complaining or what you perceive or what you said is complaining you for example me can you also then relate and understand that i am coming from a place of man more things on my list but that i adapt to it and then that takes time and that and takes internal maturity yes and i can say right now that this is this is part of you transcending the poverty mindset oh i think so because there is an abundance of things for me to do <laughs> there is an abundance of things for me to do and i only have about 24 hours in a day so i agree with you there and also because i have an abundance of things to do i also see now that there's an abundance of trade setups that i did not see before but i would not have seen that had i not been thankfully triggered by you reconnecting with that person to trade our account trade our money so even in the discord there may be some gems correct yeah because you know that that really makes me recognize and acknowledge that it is in the perceived darkness where the light grows bigger it's in the perceived moments of discord and darkness where we can come to greater realizations we can come to greater truths and to greater levels of maturity so then wrapping up because i think we've we've gone pretty in depth on this topic for today I feel like it's time to wrap, but I don't know about you. Yeah. But what are three ways for someone listening today, for our audience, for our listener, what are three ways for our listener today to embrace their holy work and sustain their purpose? Get clarity and awareness around your mindset and your attitude towards your daily tasks and your daily activities meaning be honest of how you feel doing your activities and doing your tasks during the day do you feel discordant around your activities or do you feel a sense of bliss and enjoyment and love for the activities that you do 
whether you are already living your purpose or you're working a random job, do you feel overall happy with the activities in your day? Or do you feel overall unhappy and miserable with the activities of your day? Shed some light on that. Get clarity on that. The second step would then be, okay, once you got the clarity and you, let's say you came to realize that your attitude towards your activities are mainly discordant and you feel mainly um, resentful and miserable with your daily activities and your mindset is generally very negative going about your day and doing the things that you do, you have two options. You either let go of these activities once and for all and close that chapter or change your attitude and get a positive attitude towards the activities that you do. Like I was saying with the example of the dog, first my attitude was, oh man, another another task in my day to, f to attend to the dog and to uh, get her to sleep in the evening. That was my negative attitude towards that activity. I became aware of that and I now shifted that belief, shifted the attitude to an empowering attitude um, where I now feel and I believe that me attending to the dog, sitting with her, singing her lullabies and rubbing her belly is a sacred activity which will grow her and my bond. It will also grow her confidence and her feeling accepted and loved in this world, which will then enable her to do what she came here to do because a dog as well has a purpose. Maybe we speak one day more about that. But that gives her so much more ability to live a beautiful, fulfilled life as a dog. So I just changed my attitude towards that activity just to give you one example. But there are so many other activities that we do during the day, whether it's cooking a meal or if you have a baby, changing the nappies of the baby. Can you shift your attitude into an attitude of this is my holy work? This is me nourishing and nurturing my relationships. This is me nourishing and nurturing my environment. This is me nourishing and nurturing and pouring forth great love with whatever I do. If you cannot change your attitude, then you're probably doing things that do not serve you. And then you perhaps just want to let go of these things. And the third step, once you become in alignment with the holy work and feeling a level of inner peace and calm, with the activities that you do, commit to these activities and do them on a consistent basis because just like a literal garden needs uh, watering every other day perhaps and needs the right soil and the, the right love and care like everything else, give that love and that care to these activities on a consistent basis. It's not just doing it once and then letting it be. No, it's about doing that consistently and being committed to the process of doing the holy work on a regular basis because that is your investment in in your life in your environment in in your children in your relationships in your in your business in your purpose and you invest in all of these areas of your life and it will it will provide you with very abundant fruit that's it well said and we thank you for shared insight as to what we can do to embrace the holy work that is our purpose that is our journey 
in this time space reality i'm aware that i have to make some changes for myself about my attitude but i am doing the holy work the best way that i can in my way and i'm sure that our listener today is also doing the best that they can in their way but maybe this inspires them to put a little bit of extra love or maybe even shift completely their attitude or their language the way they think the way they feel as they're doing their holy work as though as they are on their journey to fulfilling and sustaining and unleashing their purpose so thank you for that appreciate it thank you thank you for listening to today's episode of the lifepurpose.com podcast if you found this episode valuable share it with someone that you know needs to hear this and until next time on the lifepurpose.com podcast